Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I hope everyone's doing well, feeling well, eating well, sleeping well, and just overall being well. Uh, So this is the portion of the show that you guys have asked me to take a few minutes to talk about myself. And unfortunately, as always, I really don't have much to say. Um, Been hanging out at home with those two awesome people that I live with. Um, Yeah, daily mundanity. Um, I told my husband, there's a blessing in the mundanity. There's a blessing in the mundane. There's a blessing in the normal routine. And I put normal in quotation marks because none of what has happened in the last two years is normal. Nothing like speaking globally, speaking nationally. Um, so it's, it's a blessing that we wake up and we have a routine and that our, you know, little sweetheart gets to be with both her parents every day, most of the day. Um, and that, you know, I have a partner, like an actual partner, um, who is partnering with me in most aspects of my daily life. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really to report. (laughs) Nothing at all. Um, but I appreciate you guys for, you know, they're like, we want to hear more about you. And I'm like, I'm boring. I have plants. I read books on occasion, um, some books I'm going to tell you about at the end of the show, but I wanted to do something a little different for this week's episode. I had a full docket created, everything like that, um, to discuss this week's, all of the insanity, all the news and things like that. And then I had an incredible opportunity to speak with someone that I will talk about in a little bit. And my whole perspective shift, I'm like, I can't put this interview sandwiched between the the literal dumpster fire that is happening right now. And I'm not saying that this, those stories aren't worth discussing. I'm just saying that I personally don't want to discuss them. Um, I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to talk about an experience that I don't really talk about very, very often. Like you hear me in the intro or randomly throughout, um, sprinkled in throughout some of the stories we discuss, uh, talk about family, talk about mothering, talk about raising a kid, raising a kid in the 21st century, raising a kid in the 21st century in the middle of the global pandemonium. Um, but I don't really, I've never really dedicated full time to discuss this. I don't think since, you know, since she was very, very little, um, and she still is little, (laughs) don't get me wrong. She's still very, very little, but like, I'm thinking like newborn. So that's what this episode is going to be. Um, you can I hope you guys don't mind. Um, if this is not what you're looking for, mad respect. I totally get it. But every so often I want to drop in and I have a very exciting, very fun interview with someone coming later on in the show. 
So yeah, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff around family and motherhood and motherhood activism and those types of things like that. But before we dive into the show, let me give you the recap of last week's show. So last week's show entitled Sips, uh, parentheses, C-R-T, um, <laughs> we talked about why the American Psycho- um, Psychological Association is apologizing to black folks, which is a thing. Um, and I don't hear very many people talking about it, which is wild to me that no one is really bringing up the fact that this organization that's been around for over a hundred years has literally stepped aside, stepped out of themselves to apologize to the black community. Um, like I said in last week's episode, I'm waiting to see why, like if this was just on good faith, like, you know what we did wrong and we want to make amends. Very rarely are things like that. And so I'm like, um, what did you do? <laughs> and why does this feel preemptive? Um, but whatever, it, it could be either. I haven't heard anything since. So, but it, again, it's only been a week. So we'll see. Um, and we talked about how CRT has become the new boogeyman that I got into several different conversations with a bunch of quote unquote mama bears, uh, particularly from Virginia who were hoodwinked, swindled, and run amok, um, <laughs> and were basically lied to because, yeah, this whole conversation around CRT is just a, li- it's a literal lie. Like, I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram, I posted, on my Instagram and on my TikTok, I posted a bunch of links and a bunch of tweets from what certain people are calling a, a conservative activist, but I don't believe in conservative activism I believe in terrorism I think that this person might fall under that because they are literally creating a racist rhetoric surrounding something that's been around like I said longer than I've been alive and using that to instill fear in other fellow racists Um, because let's just be honest saying the blacks are coming doesn't scare anybody but racists and what are they coming for are they coming to shop Are they coming to grill? Are they coming to, are they moving into the neighborhood? Are they opening up stores? Are they coming to visit? Are like, what are we talking about here? The only people who are afraid if that when they hear that black people are coming into their neighborhoods are people who are racist, like point blank period, the end, you know, like that's really, really it. But here y'all go. Y'all think that Somehow black people got their hands on the educational system in the United States. And instead of rectifying wrongs, correcting history, teaching the actual facts, talking about some of the stories that are somehow omitted in black um, and not black, but in education, you know, finally throwing Huck Finn out the window because we're tired of hearing our white classmates revel in saying the N-word over and over and over again when we told y'all that that word is literally violence. Um, y'all think that we just here to hurt your son's feelings. Mm, right. Um, so that's what we talked about in last week's show. Um, not all the new newer developments where, you know, the whole 
debacle around CRT is literally made up. It's fake. It's it's fake. It is not even real. Um, and I might do another show about that later on. I want to take a break from CRT, just to be honest. Um, but that was last week. So this week, I had the opportunity to interview Emmy Award nominee Jack McBriar. You may know him from his role as NBC's Kenneth Parcell on NBC's primetime comedy 30 Rock. You may also know him from his roles at, uh, in Bob's Burgers, Big Mouth, Talladega Nights, Wreck-It Ralph, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I mean, the IMDB is literally an arm long. The dude has credits. And so I was really, really excited to sit down with him, have a quick chat about his newest show on Apple, Apple TV. It's an Apple original series called Hello Jack, The Kindness Show. Hello Jack invites, invites preschoolers into the world where a little act of kindness can change the world. The series is produced by Emmy Award winning Nine Story Media Group, the same group that produced Blue's Clues, <laughs> um, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and things like that, with animation from Oscar-nominated studio Brown Bag Films, who produced Vampirina and a little show you may know called Doc McStuffins. So there's a lot of excitement around this show, but... I can't really tell it better than Jack can. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jack McBriar. Hey, Jack, how are you? Good, Whitney. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I know we only have a few minutes and I deeply appreciate your time today. Oh, please. Um, I love talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really, really exciting. So I'm a new mom. And so... I'm learning all about like the little kid shows. I shouldn't say new. She's about to turn one right before Thanksgiving this year. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so the show is called the Jack McBriar Kindness Show. And I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, why did you feel like the show was important to do now? Well, when we were coming up with Hello Jack, the Kindness Show, we wanted to be able to like model, I don't want to say model good behavior, but we wanted to celebrate what good an act of kindness can do. Um, we wanted to aim it at preschoolers because it really was inspired by shows that I grew up with. Um, you're Pennsylvania, so uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was hugely oh, inspiring for me. Uh, and what I liked about that was there was a grown man speaking to me as the viewer directly through the screen, talking to me about feelings, talking to me about questions, fears, anything like that. And it was comforting and it made me feel seen. It made me feel understood. I wanted to, to emulate that. I wanted to honor that. Um, yeah, I wanted to, to explore those messages of empathy and tolerance and patience with kids in a way that they might not otherwise be seeing these days. Beautifully put, beautifully put. That's so funny that you bring up Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because in watching the show, I was like, I'm getting like, like 21st century Mr. Rogers, like cool, but also like very, very warm and open. And I love the feeling. I love exactly how you put it, where you felt welcomed, you felt seen, you felt heard, you felt valued. And I think that's really, really important, especially for our little ones. Um, they're like little sponges, so they soak it all in. Um, so that's really, really important. I was proud to do it. Uh, I did, you know, there was a, a, a learning curve for me. My background is in comedy. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do this show correctly and appropriately. Uh, 
I had to get a lot of help with people who knew children's programming much more than me. Apple teamed me up with Angela Santamero at Nine Story Media, and she had immense resources. And so I had access to research, uh, development of curriculum. Uh, they teamed us up with an organization called Perception Institute, which helped us with optics and counter stereotyping. Um, just all these resources that Angela and Nine Story were able to give me so that we could do this in an appropriate way. That's fantastic. Because I was going to say, I'm like, you're a natural. Like, it just, oh. it comes off really natural. Like, it just, it, I, I, I'm familiar with you from comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, it just seemed like it was so seamless and effortless. But when you say that you had help and resources, that's really interesting. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think, I, I think the characters that I play are, for the most part, kid relatable. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Relatable, yeah. You to show Thirty Rock to your children, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, the characters that I play, I think, are a little more accessible to the kids' world than other characters. Um, but uh, again, I wanted to do it correctly and and meaningfully, so I was very willing to take all the help I could get. That's fantastic. Um, another question for you. So it's called the Kindness Show with the emphasis placed upon kindness. Um, what is it about kindness that is important to you as a value? Well, I think it's a good foundation on which so much other things are built upon. Mm -hmm. I, I was inspired to do the show when I started sensing a lack of compassion and a lack of civility uh, between grownups and just you know, day-to-day -day interactions between grown-ups and in the news and stuff. I was like, this cannot sustain itself. It felt like we were just tearing each other apart in some ways. And so for me, I was like, okay, let's, let's focus on taking care of each other. Where can we start? Okay, preschool, great. Grown-ups, sorry, the ship has sailed. <laughs> Trying to let the station. Uh, kids, Here's some tools that we can use for using kindness to build all these wonderful things in terms of relationships. And, and did I already talk about the curriculum that we use? Um, we use the three C's, caring, yes. connecting, and a cascade of kindness. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really wanted to focus that to build the foundation, that kindness uh, of kindness that everything else can be built upon. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so it's so simple, but so important and so critical. And I don't think that we talk enough about what it means to be kind as opposed to being just nice or as opposed to being just friendly. Yeah, I think there's a big difference there. I also in the show want to stress that it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It can be the tiniest little thing. And uh, I want kids to kind of latch onto that. So it becomes second nature. So they don't even think about holding open a door, saying hello, helping someone. You know, I want it to be kind of baked in in these you know, formative years, uh, just so that they grow up to be helpful, thankful, kind grownups. Because it's so important. And the earlier you start these conversations, the earlier it, it becomes natural to you. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they're little sponges. They learn someone I was reading somewhere and it was talking about their little minds and that they're operating at gen genius level um, all the time because they're constantly learning and constantly taking things in. Thing is new to them. I mean, like, I wish I could remember from that where 
everything was new and exciting and like you're just filled with wonder i mean ah isn't that something oh my goodness like just the joy that they have with like with like finding like a new toy or like you know my daughter right now she's fascinated with boxes so i mean come on and how simple is that oh my gosh i had one friend who for christmas they would give their child perhaps around your age a box of kleenex because there was nothing they loved more than just pulling out these kleenex I mean, like it's a it's a cheap gift, but like hours of entertainment. <laughs> and she doesn't know. Like she thinks like that's the greatest thing in the world. Just taste. It's like remember that viral video of the boy who opened up a banana. A banana. Oh. <laughs> like it was such a surprise. But like oh. that's so that's the amazing thing about them that they like, you know, everything is new and everything is fascinating and everything you know, deserves exploration and, and their time and things like that. It's just fantastic. I know. I know it's an exciting time. It's, I was happy to gear the show towards this preschool age. Fantastic. Um, so I know you said for parents, the ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> well, for grownups, with that being said, I do want some co-viewership with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we can all benefit from a friendly reminder of these things. Um, I mean, we all grew up knowing that it's good to help people. It's bad to hurt people. <laughs> and so if we can be gently reminded of these of these ideas, then I don't think that's going to hurt anything. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's it's because, well, I'm asking this question because, you know, my daughter, you know, she's just starting to watch TV. And so she has her preferences. She has the things that she doesn't really care about. And right. so <laughs> the news, bleh. Yeah, same. Same, same, same. puppets. Yeah, cute. (laughs) But but for parents, you know, we're watching along what we should be watching alongside with our children. Um, Is there anything you want us to take away as well? Uh, Really and truly, I like going, I don't want to say I'm tapping into nostalgia, but I do want parents to reflect upon when they were learning these lessons. And also I do wanna make it fun and accessible enough for parents to just enjoy it. We have great music in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's visually compelling. Um, and and I hope that they subscribe to some of the lessons that we are trying to share with our younger viewers. So mm-hmm. that's what I hope. Yeah, well, listen, you all you can do is hope. <laughs> all you can do is work and hope. Trying, I'm trying so hard, Whitney. <laughs> such a good job let me tell you like the show is beautiful it's it's beautiful to watch it's hilarious there's there's moments of that i personally had where where i had introspection and i watched it without my daughter so wonderful honestly that's amazing i love hearing that i really do i'm happy i'm happy that i got a chance to connect with you and that's all i really have for you today that was wonderful that was just a fun hangout with you Any, anytime, anytime you want to come to Philly, you just let us know. Like, I'll make tea, you know. Okay. You don't have to. Cocktails and cocktails. <laughs> just, just hang out, you know, just give me a call. <laughs> Too funny. Excellent. Thank you so much, Whitney. Wasn't Jack fantastic? Thank you so much to Jack um, and to the good folks at Apple TV for that really, really fun discussion. Uh, I don't get to talk much about things surrounding my daughter you know as much and i can't wait to you know share this show with her it's so cute i've seen a few of the episodes 
I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who like wants to check it out but it's really really cute the cast is diverse the music's by okay go um it's really really nice to look at like it's pretty to look at as well like the visuals and things like that um and it's adorable so if you have a little or you know someone who has a little you know tell them about the show again it's on apple tv so yeah let's get into the rest of the show I want to take some time now to discuss motherhood as activism. Now, it's very interesting because people don't even think about motherhood when it comes to activism. And maybe we should. But we don't even think about motherhood as work. Like, when you consider all of the tasks that a mother has to do for their children, um, you know, let's start with the tiniest of them all. You know, you're tending to them throughout the night if they're wake if they're waking up regularly you know you're sleep deprived you know they're hungry so you have to make them food or you have to nurse so you have to bottle feed however you plan to feed them um you have to make sure that that person is clean and is well taken care of and you know has their teeth brushed and their hair brushed and all of the, you know and that's just the personal hygiene like, let's talk about like maintenance you know taking washing clothes and tending to chores and washing bottles and bowls and all of those things like that all the things that I'm experiencing currently um I saw something the other day that said that stay-at-home moms um work the same amount of hours as if they had two and a half jobs because you're literally maintaining the life of another human being and that's with the littlest you know let's not even get let's not even dive into our older children that we have to help with homework that we have to schlep back and forth to go to ballet or soccer or paint or music class or therapy or any of those things any of those things you know, there is, there is, motherhood is work. Motherhood is work. And so if motherhood is work, motherhood also can be activism. And, you know, I'm not just, I'm not thinking of, <clears throat> you know, those, those moms. What am I saying? I'm not thinking of, let me just start by saying motherhood is a spectrum. Motherhood, when, when we're talking about, you know, it's, it's a human experience. And there's as many philosophies about motherhood as there are mothers. So I would like to take this moment to let you know that I will be speaking from a specific lens and a specific view, which is my own. If you don't hold that view, that's fine. That's your business. You know, as, as, our, good, as our good queen Tabitha says, that's your business. That's your business. So... I will be speaking from my own perspective where I stand as a mother, my experience from my mother, my grandmother, mothers around me, friends, watching, seeing friends that have mothered. And so that's the lens that I'm speaking from. If it doesn't match up with you, if it doesn't apply, let it fly, as I like to say. Um, but mothers have been in the forefront of various various social movements i mean we could talk about environmentalism we could talk about desegregation efforts we could talk about maternal health especially especially black maternal health 
We could talk about the mothers of the movement who use their fuel, their grief to fuel the fight against police violence. We could talk about Gwen Carr, the mother of Eric Gardner. We could talk about Sabrina Fulton, the mother of Trayvon Martin. We could talk about Maria Hamilton, the mother of Dontre Hamilton. We could talk about Leslie Spaden, the, mo- the mother of Michael Brown, and Geneva Reed Veal, the mother of Sandra Bland. We could talk about these mothers who have been in the fight, in 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 the thick of things. We could talk about Corey Bush, um, who is killing it as a representative. We could talk about Michelle Obama. We could talk about... The list goes on and on and on that mothers have stood at the front, um, have stood in the face of of hate, who have stood in the face of destruction, have stood in the face of of rage, who have stood in the face of things that other people would fear. And mothers have stood up and said, no, not over here. Not this way. There's something about. And I'm working this out as I'm talking about it. So bear with me. But there is something about the daily management and taking care of someone that creates a deeper rooted empathy in you. You know, you, you start to learn your baby's cries. And as you learn your baby's cries, you start to hear other babies cries and kind of understand them. You know, my child, she says a few words, but she doesn't say many of them. And so understanding her signs, understanding what's going on with her, but then seeing those same signs exhibited in other babies her age, you know, and saying, oh, yeah, maybe you want this, maybe you want that, you know, and then it it expands even bigger to as you are empathetic to tiny people, and I'm not saying motherhood is the only place that we can know or see or observe empathy. I am saying that in my own motherhood, it is expanded my empathy, the empathy that I already possessed as a person previous to becoming a mother. And I'm not saying that mothers are the only places that we can find empathy, but I'm saying that there is something about the daily care. And I'm sure there's a ton of other caregivers who you you don't have to be a mother. You know, you could be um, a spouse taking care of another sick spouse. You could be a sibling taking care of another sibling. You could be a child taking care of a parent or grandparent. But there's something about the daily care of another person that deepens your own empathy for other people. And it makes you furious when you see a lack of concern for mothers, how people can shrug off hatred, how people can can even applaud for for terrible behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, while there were mothers marching for desegregation, you had those you had another group of mothers who were standing outside of schools with black babies and black baby dolls, rather, in coffins standing outside of schools to terrorize Ruby Bridges, who was six at the time, by the way, six. You know, you had mothers who were intensely, intensely involved in keeping schools segregated. You had mothers who are intensely involved in hateful activities you have mothers who there's a photo that i saw of a mother nursing her baby while wearing a clan's robe so there's always going to be light and shadow in these conversations but i'm talking about mothers who fight hate mothers who 
combat racism, mothers who fight against violence, you know, like the mothers in Chicago after um, a 2015 shooting killed a young woman, a group of mothers formed Mothers Against Senseless Killings intended to disrupt the normality of gun violence simply by convening in the streets and just, just, just being around the, the ministry, like my, like my pastor called the ministry of presence, just being around. Right. So there's something to be said about that. And I, there's something to be said about the, the, the way in which we care for our children and train up our children and pray for our children and take care of our children that makes us want to to help and take care of the world. And the reason why I bring this up is because several people, several people just this week have hit me up about some of the content that I've been creating and how even in my rage, there is heart. And even in my, I guess, my rants and raves as I scream across the internet void even in that there's 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 a door open and there's a seat at the table and I haven't really thought about it much because I make a lot of content and I've been talking for a really 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 long time I mean this blog is nine years old this podcast here is three you know I've been writing and writing and writing and writing all my life and and I tell people I'm like I don't hate people I hate hate I don't hate people. I hate racism. I don't hate people. I hate white supremacy. I don't hate, hate I don't hate people. I hate um, homophobia. I don't hate people. I hate ableism. I hate all of the ways we hate each other. Um, but I guess that's coming across in a lot gentler ways. I don't know. Mate, do y'all need me to cuss? Y'all need me to jump up and down the screen <laughs> a little bit more? Um, but someone attributed attributed it to my mothering. And I wanted to have a stream of conscious conversation about that here. Um, I don't really do these often. I don't really have stream of consciousness. I usually write out all my notes and say all the things that I want to say. Um, but I don't really ever just sit and just talk it out with you guys. Um, so I hope I don't sound like a lunatic. <laughs> we'll see when I re-listen to this. Um, if it makes it to the podcast or not. Um, I've been trying to be very, very transparent and open and real with you guys, um, especially about this situation. It is motherhood is hard in general, but motherhood in COVID is isolating AF. It is isolating. It is lonely. You know, I didn't even get a chance to celebrate any of the typical celebrations one would have with their family. Now, I say that as a person who stands at a point of privilege that I have a family that I can celebrate with, that I have a child who is healthy enough to celebrate things with. People have lost just so much and hurt so bad during this time. And so I know that how I'm coming off may sound like light and trite coming from you know, a person who stands in the point of privilege that I stand in. Um, and I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that my losses, I mean, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. We don't have to have the, uh, the, the sadness Olympics. We don't have to have who lost more Olympics. We don't have to do that. 
But I do acknowledge that there are people who are suffering, who are in deep, deep pain. And, you know, even in that, even in that, that even makes me feel guilty for the things that I feel like I'm talking about when I say, you know, I missed my mom when I gave birth. You know, she was in Florida. You know, that, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas were lonely. You know, and I tried to make it better, but, you know, I'm at the time I was having leg edema. You know, my legs were swollen. Um, that I had this brand new baby. I wanted to see family. I did get to see friends. Um, but, you know, it was, I had a new baby. Still the pandemic. People weren't trying to come over here in case, you know, God forbid they get our little one sick. And I respected that. I understood that. It was still lonely. <laughs> you know, and now I'm looking at this birthday. I'm looking at the barrel of this first birthday. And it's a milestone in our family. It's a big milestone. It's the one of the milestones in the Roberts family. And I hate that we have to do this on Zoom. I hate it. I hate it, y'all. Like, mm, I say all that to say that, you know, there, again, there's, there's worse. And I hate to say that, I hate to say that phrase too, you know, cause it, it almost discounts everything that I said before as if it's not a problem and maybe part of self empathy. Maybe I need to have more empathy for self. And part of self-empathy is saying, it's okay to be upset about this. It's okay to be sad about this. That it's okay. That it's okay. Um, and so, yeah, motherhood is hard, y'all. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful struggle that I would not, I would not replace for the world, so. And we're having a blast here. That kid's funny. <laughs> that kid's funny and she's sweet and she's fun. She's a blessing and we're grateful. Yeah, we're grateful. So for everyone who's noticed that the content <laughs> and the things I'm putting out a little bit, maybe a little bit kinder, a little bit more gentle, um, a little bit more concerned for, you know, for other people and how some of us may be a little frustrated because we don't see that that kindness that Jack was talking about earlier in the show I know we would just love to see more of that maybe it's me maybe it's just me wanting to show people that we don't have to be this way and that we don't have to we really don't have to hate each other. It takes a lot more work to hate. It takes a lot more work to build bridges than tables. I mean, it takes a lot more work to build walls than bridges. It takes a lot more work to build walls than tables. And that there's room for all of us. So, didn't expect to get emotional. <laughs> um, but here we are. So, uh, all right. Let's get into the end of the show. I don't have a wrap-up rant this week. Um, maybe that was my wrap-up rant. <laughs> um, Y'all just love just love each other. Jeez. Um, but I do want to shout out a Black-owned business that I 
have come to love. It is the Brave Baby Book Club. Um, it's a monthly book club. Some of you guys saw my post on Instagram. If you did not, let me give you the gist. It's a monthly book club where each book is hand-selected and comes with a booklet of activities as well. It's very low commitment um, because it's a month. It's not a monthly subscription, um, but you go into you go to Etsy and you purchase the book each month. So if it's not a book that you're really interested in, or you don't think your kiddo is ready for, um, you don't have to purchase that month. So it's very low commitment. Um, we purchased October and November's book, uh, and it's really, 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 really cute. Like I said, they all come with. They all come with uh, a booklet of activities for each of the stories um, to get the kids a little bit more involved. Now, the particular book for this month, I can't really do too much with Emery <laughs> because she's, you know, she's very, very young. She's, she's just a little, just a little critter, but <laughs> she's, you know, she's taking everything in. Um, so we did read the book to her and her father actually ended up reading the book. And let me tell you. You think I was emotional just now. I was, I was, a, I, oof, I was a wreck after hearing him read her this book. I was tidying up her room while he's sitting there reading the book to her. And I heard the phrase, everybody needs help sometimes. And it took me out, <laughs> took me out. So they already tore into the book. Um, and I had to stop myself from cleaning and getting her ready, you know, doing all the things of motherhood that we just talked about. And I was just. I was just listening um, from the Brave Baby Book Club. The book is called Saturday at the Food Pantry. And the story is about a mother and a daughter who, you know, fall on some hard times and they need to go to the food pantry. Uh, I guess it's the little girl's first time being at the food pantry. So she doesn't have any of the stigma or shame. And her mother presents it to her. She said, everybody needs help sometimes. And so they go to the food pantry. She sees one of her friends. Her friend is actually very embarrassed. And she's wondering if she should be embarrassed. Um, they go through the story. And you see, like, the uh, like she gets excited about certain things. She gets sad about certain things. At the end, it resolves itself really, really beautifully. But there is an editor's note that notes that too many households are suffering with food insecurity. And I know during the pandemic, approximately 40% of black households with children suffered food insecurity, which that's according to the Harvard School of Public Health. As the story says, everybody needs help sometimes. It's a beautiful story that reminds us that we can be helped and help out at the same time. It normalizes a very real issue faced by so many of us while challenging and ultimately removing the shame of needing a little bit of help. So if you guys aren't part of the the Brave Baby Book Club, first of all, follow them on Instagram immediately. Like, go ahead. I know if you're listening to this on your phone, you have Instagram on the same phone. Just go ahead and follow. Show your support. Um, like I said, I purchased October's book. I don't think that's um, available now, but October's book and I purchased November's book. Um, each book is hand chosen and is very, very thoughtful for the season. So we're going into the season of Thanksgiving. We're going into the season of lots and lots and lots of food for those of us who can have it. 
but let's also be mindful of those who who don't and let's not just be mindful around the season of thanksgiving let's consider each other throughout the year let's consider each other throughout the year yes (laughs) so that's it for this week's episode of the reclaimed podcast thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you for your likes your shares your subscribes please 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 don't forget to leave a review on this week's show and please don't forget to you can partner with me you can uh, be a patron of the show you can keep this show independent uh, by going to Patreon, that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. And you can be a patron. There's multiple tiers. You could choose your tier of patronage. I appreciate them all. Like, sincerely, I appreciate every single patron. Shout out to the new patrons. Um, I have a goal of hitting a certain amount of patrons. If we hit a certain amount of patrons, I could start a really fun project over there. Um an exclusive project over there that I share on the Patreon. So, but if you are a patron now, you have access to, I think it's something like 40 or 50 pieces of content that are over there that is exclusive to that community. Um, so yeah, if you want to keep the show independent, hop on over there, please don't forget if you, if you're unable to be a patron, that's totally fine. I totally get it. But what you can do is leave a review. What you can do is share the share the show with other folks. What you can do is make sure you're following the reclaimed on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok as the reclaimed blog. Um, I have since relaunched the blog. There's new posts up there as we speak. There will be new content flowing in regularly. Um, I have, I'm going to start up the newsletter shortly. And that's going to be exciting. There's a lot of insightful stuff that I'm really excited to share with you guys. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? And that's it. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Stay well. Be well. Stay safe. Please stay safe. Um, And as always, peace, y'all.